Welcome to episode three of The Directors. I am David Alfano here with my partner, Cooper Knowlton. And today we're going to try something a little bit different. Uh, As you guys may notice throughout this episode, it's just Cooper and I. Uh, And we're going to talk about one of our events, something that is a little bit unique to what we do at Trials of Miles. It's actually a virtual event, uh, and it's a series called Chase the Throne. We're in year four. um, And uh, I don't know, Cooper, you want to talk a little bit about what is Chase the Throne and maybe like why it's a little bit different from other existing events. Sure, yeah. So for any longtime uh, followers or participants in Trials and Miles events, they will know that we made a name for ourselves or got started during the pandemic in 2020, putting on virtual races and competitions and brackets. And we had something called Survival of the Fastest, I think. And we had another one called Beat the Heat, which were largely multi-week competitions of this nature, kind of the same thing as Chase the Throne. As in-person racing came back, we pivoted away from that format, obviously. Now we do all sorts of different kind of in-person races. And Chase the Throne is the one relic of the past. It's the one thing that we've held on to. And in many ways, the reason we hold on to it is because it is kind of a unique format. It is fun. We do it in January every year, which is traditionally a time when there's not a lot happening in the racing calendar, when people are post-holidays just starting to get back into shape. For those of you who aren't familiar with the format, it is a four-week March Madness-style tournament. So every week, you're paired up against one other runner in your city. We throw out a specific segment. So round three in New York City is a loop of Prospect Park, and you have to go out Anytime during the week to Prospect Park, run that three-mile loop, and if you post the time faster than your opponent, you advance. If you do not, you are kicked out. Survive and advance. There's a little bit more nuance to that. We've added what we call the dungeon, and and so to give people a chance to run their way back in. But in its kind of purest form, that's what it is. As Dave mentioned, this is year four. Um, We've done it in a bunch of different cities. We continue to try new cities every year. This year, we're doing it in Portland and Charlotte for the first time, and Chicago, three first-time cities this year, and then four four cities, which we've done previously. Yeah, so that's background. I don't know. Did I miss anything, Dave, or is that that a pretty good summary of what it is and where it came from? It's a good summary. I think anyone who's older than a few years old understands we went through the pandemic a few years ago, and this was something that people really enjoyed during the pandemic as a way to almost stay connected to the community, and it clearly is there's still a place for it it was really surprising when we opened up registration this year we sold out fairly quickly in a couple cities which like tells us that there obviously still is um a place for this and like the ncaa for anyone who follows basketball you know 64 is kind of the magic number that can easily dwindle to 32 and 16 and then you could do kind of like your final four and we've found that this format works really well for a number of reasons for starters It's January and in in some cities, for better or worse, it's cold and it's rainy and snowy and it gives people an excuse to get out there, get their work out in maybe a little bit more on the line on some iconic routes as those that have been following can see. We've had some in some cities, we've had meetups that have gotten 40, 50 plus runners who are all part of this competition and some who are just going to hang out and watch other people get after it. It's been fun to watch it evolve. Not something I thought personally four years ago that we would still be doing, but it does for sure work well, really in some cities better than others. I don't know. I I think the gold standard, you would agree, 
San Francisco and New York City are like the gold standards for this. And I don't know, there, there's a number of reasons why I think it works, but I don't know if you want to start uh, with, with either one. Yeah, immediately sort of doing a, a recap on this year's race. San Fran, we saw, we've seen the biggest numbers in San Fran this year. I think the most obvious thing is like when you do have big numbers, I think that tournament, the more people who are competing, obviously, then there's more of like a community buy-in and more people you know who are in the bracket. And I think just like you said, we have brackets of 16, I think in like Philadelphia right now or Chicago, some of those brackets are a little bit smaller and it's, it's a little bit harder. Obviously, if you only have 16 people, a meetup might only have five or six people. It's going to be hard to get. Even if you have a significant portion of the bracket, it's going to be a, a significantly smaller competition. But San Fran, I think largely the reason why it works so well in San Francisco is like we sort of like create the infrastructure, create the sign page, create the bracket. And then for the most part, Kind of what's cool about it is we like step away from San Francisco. Like I'm doing very little work during the week. I mean, we log the times, we do that stuff, but like we have Marnie Kennard in San Francisco and Nick Kovaleski from A Runner's Mind who like do so much of the legwork of planning the meetups and taking the photos and just like building the hype for it. Um, so I do think like the places where it's worked the best is the places where it's like the community, the local community is like really bought into it and kind of just like take ownership of it. I think the other thing this year is like, it does work really well in January, I think, but it also, January also poses all sorts of complicating factors because of the weather. Like we're, we're recording this at the end of the fourth week of competition and we still have some races that are still like in the third week, like Portland had this insane ice storm. So we had to pivot and basically lost like a full week of competition because no one could run. So you definitely like lose some momentum when that happens. I think when it's just like consistent, but it's also like the nature of it's a virtual competition, right? We charge $25 to enter. It's like the price of a cocktail at a fancy restaurant to do it. Um, We try and keep it cheap try and keep it like super accessible. We try and remind people not to overthink it. It's just like a fun excuse to like do something fun and different. But yeah, overall this year was, I think probably the best year we've had, but I don't think it's worked perfectly everywhere. I think there's definitely some cities that I look at where where I'm like, maybe we wouldn't do it again there. Um, maybe like Chicago, for example. I think Chicago was, this was the first year we did it in Chicago, but Chicago, it was like during the last couple of weeks, it's been cold as hell. People are just like, you know, want to get runs in on treadmills and you're not quite as excited to like go out and do these segments with friends just because the weather sucks. Yeah, we did this in Twin Cities last year. Every single route was run on ice and snow. So, I mean, these are things that you can't predict and you roll with it and, and people completely understand. But I really don't necessarily think that this works any other month but January. I think with the marathon calendar and obviously those that run track seasons. And I also think we did this in Austin last year. And like Austin, the numbers were pretty low and I don't think there was like a ton of excitement. And and I think like the 3M marathon is like a big deal in Austin during the month of January. So a lot of people do that during that month. So it, it does like conflict. But in many places, I think the January race calendar is pretty slow. But I guess the one sort of like counter, right, the one way I'd push back on that is like the point of this format is that it's not supposed to. And I think why this format works in many ways is like. Because virtual racing, I I always think about this when we're talking about virtual racing, that like virtual racing is never, even in in San Fran where you have like 40 people meeting up for a meetup, it's still not a real race. Like it still doesn't have the same like feel of of a real race. might have some similarities, but virtual racing is not going to compare to regular racing. So what it should compare to is like your tempo run. It should make your tempo run or your workout day more fun, feel like you have a little more skin in the game for that. So like even if you do have a big, a couple big races in your community during that month, like there's plenty of people in New York who are like, doing this as a workout, doing the segment as a tempo run on Tuesday, and then 
hopping on the track at the armory on Thursday or running a the Blue Point 10 miler and on Saturday. There's no reason you can't do both. Yeah. I think the challenge as every year when we approach this is you, you get a lot. It is what it is. With men, you get a lot of people that run between 15 minutes and 19, 20 minutes. This format's obviously not for everyone. You know, in thinking of like how to improve this and how to grow it, or, or maybe it kind of is what it is. You know, we've always thought of like, how do you make a format like this accessible to anyone? I don't necessarily know like I have the answer, but the one thing I can say is that we've had some fun matchups in previous years when like, not to call him out, I would consider him a, a bit of a buddy. Like when Joe Stillen from New York lost to someone last year, you know, he used it as a hard workout and someone was like, I'm going to race this and beat somebody that I shouldn't beat. And I found that really interesting. And with this boxers trail in Philly was covered in snow. Like, yes, some people like take it a little bit easier, but some people looked at it as an opportunity to like, I'm going to go beat this person. And having done this format, I don't want to bore people with the story of how you and I met, but, or, or how we reconnected rather, we, we knew each other when we were younger, but you asked me to join a virtual competition and, you know, years ago. And I, I honestly, at first thought I was like, this kind of sounds dumb. And I went out there and like my heart was racing before I hit the start button. And it like, it really did create a similar feeling that I would get, maybe not before like the New York City Marathon, but I'd be interested to hear other people's perspectives for doing this. But I do see from like the people that, some, that try it two or three or four times, like there, people do get into it. Oh, yeah. The Strava stalking is like still very real. There's so many people who are, you know, not submitting. I mean, most of the submissions come in later in the week and I get so many people saying, oh, I saw that my partner already beat, the person that I'm faced up against is beating me, already beat me. So like, it doesn't matter. I'm not going to advance. Like people are looking at the other person's Strava and a lot of like friendships get made during these things where people like didn't know each other. They sort of like, and now they're faced head to head. So now they like follow each other on Strava and are like, messaging each other on Instagram. So there, there are like fun things like that. I also do think as someone who, you know, both of us have very like our schedules suck. We're working a lot. We both have young children. And I do hear this from people as well that like, it's really nice to have some built in flexibility. I might want to run a race on Saturday, but there's a possibility that one of my kids is up all night the night before. And it's just like not going to happen. But if I know that I can like do it on Tuesday and maybe Tuesday doesn't happen, but then I have another shot on Wednesday, like there is something kind of nice about that. Like there, I do think there is something that format is nice. And like, again, it's not a real race, but it is fun to, like you said, like even in a, in a more accessible way, like get those competitive juices flowing and chase a fast time. And you might be going up against someone who, you know, you normally wouldn't beat if you're racing head to head, but maybe they're doing as a tempo run and it, it can't take it too seriously. It's not meant to be taken too seriously, but I think there's something there. I continue looking at what we did this year in San Francisco and New York. I'm like, all right, I feel like after like three, four years where I'm like, that's kind of the gold standard. Like, I don't know if we can get there in Charlotte. This was the first year we did it in Charlotte, but I, I actually think like, all right, I understand. And it's taken three years or four years of me doing this to understand like, all right, I know what the pieces are that we have to put in place to like really make this crush in all these cities. And not every city has those pieces. Again, like Marnie is a perfect example in San Fran. Like Marnie is super plugged into the community, an incredible content creator, and so like just having those, like that's it right there. Like if we can find someone like that in every community, like who will go out there, rally the troops, get their friends, sending text messages, like, and Marnie is, she's texting in the background being like, like this week is the final round in San Francisco. The men are running on Thursday. The women are running on Friday. Cause she like texted with a bunch of people and she was like, oh, most of the men can run today. And most of the women can run this day. It's better for, so like, I mean, that alone is right. That tells you everything you need to know. Like it's 
coordinated on a different level. And then she posts great photos. Oh my God, having someone like her involved, it does feel a little bit more like a story with these like iconic San Francisco uh, backdrops. And yeah. And I would say too, like, sorry, not to cut you off, but like we pay Marnie. I mean, right? Like we pay Marnie for doing that. And I think Trials of Miles is a business. Chase the Throne is not something that we're looking at. A lot of our races, you know, we're talking about the armory meet right now. And we are trying to be like, how many people can we fit in this meet to make sure it's still a great experience, but make sure that we can also like, maximize our revenue like we don't do that for chase the throne like we don't ever hear about the projections transparency especially living in an age where people are very plugged into social media chase the throne is a great brand builder for us being able to have other people share out where they are in this tournament and just beautiful images of people getting after it on a sunday morning i mean people look at it and go who is trials miles what are they doing and then all of a sudden you have another follower you know somebody who's like paying attention to this tournament and Hopefully, if we are able to do something in their city again, maybe they'll come out, you know, maybe they'll hop in a track race or a road race. So I bring up the part about paying Marnie only to say, like, if we're thinking about doing this again next year, and I'm sure we'll have a conversation in August or September and be like, do we want to do Chase the Throne? It's kind of a pain in the ass. We don't make any money. Like, I think the thing that we need to remind ourselves is like, we need to find a Marnie in every single city, right? That's the person. And like, so if you are listening to this and you are in your city and you're like, oh, I could play that role, like shoot us a DM and like, we would love to chat because I think if we have those people, this is a really fun format. It really works and people love it and people get into it and follow it. And it is something super unique, but we do need like, I'm based in Southern California, Dave's based in Northern New Jersey. And so like, we can't be that person in, in all of these cities, but I do think there's enough people in all these cities that want to make this work, but we just need like a partner, a director, <laughs> like a local director in all of these. I mean, Marnie is the director. Like people always like comment in her post being like, thanks for being the best race director. And it's like, great, like awesome. You know what I mean? Like that's, love that. I would extend the reaching out to us beyond wanting to be involved with that. I, I feel like hearing from people about what the format looks like from the outside and ways to improve it. I mean, I, Dave at milesmilesracing.com, like what in your mind would make something like this? Again, I always think about like what this looks like on the next level. And and like with San Francisco, do they offer prizes for different rounds or are they like... Yeah, they do. The Nike, kind of to the like organic nature of this, like are we, we work with a runner's mind. The Nike rep in San Fran reached out and was like, hey, we'd love to help make some prizes and get, do some giveaways at some of these meetups. We're like, sure, love it. Amazing. So, so yes, Nike in San Francisco is like giving away like arm sleeves and gloves and some stuff like that. I think for people who come to the meetups and yes, I think the winner also gets, usually it's just a gift card, but I think they're getting a pair of Nike trainers and a gift card and a trophy. So yeah, kind of the same thing, like the gold standard and, um, you know, Brooks. I was going to say, we've tried in previous editions to give out like everyone who wins round two gets something. And it, because if you start this and you're like, unless I have a hundred mile an hour tailwind, I'm not winning this, but if I get to round three in a city like San Francisco with the quality of runners out there, like that's awesome. And not to say like everything has to, you know, we don't have to be, everyone has to be served a, a prize for it, but I don't know. It just adds a little bit of incentive. Totally. Yeah. No, I think we talk about that every year. Like, I think that's like brand partner bandwidth. If you're ch- paying $25, like we're not going to give a prize for every single rent. Like we just can't, and we don't have the bandwidth to coordinate that and to organize that. But if there are local brands, brand reps on the ground that want to do that. Yeah, we did that with Bandit. I think like in the first year before Bandit was even Bandit, like that was one of the first things we ever did with Bandit was we just like connected with Tim about like giving socks to everyone who won the first round. Like I think that was literally the first year we ever did this. 
So we've done some things like that over the years. I definitely think, yeah, I think that's like the gold standard. If we can, that's kind of like the next level up. But I do think 64 is probably as far as we want to go with this. I don't think we want to get the brackets any bigger than that. I think if we can get to 64 men, 64 women in most places, I think this format really works. Be more, maybe be more thoughtful about the roots, like Philly. I think four weeks, it gets boring if you're just doing like a 2.5 mile road loop or a three mile road loop every week. So we like do try and change it up. So there's like a trail or a hill, but this month has been a nightmare with weather and snow and ice. So something to keep in mind as well, like maximizing doing the best possible route is important. With traffic, you're so limited in every city. But no, I mean, to your point of like taking this to the next level, some of these routes, you know, you you look at some of the Philly routes and you look at the fastest run times and, you know, there's some like, I think Marty Pear, if I'm pronouncing his name, has looked at the records and like Kira D'Amato, DC. And it's like, these are some like really popular routes. And there's, there's also ways to like, it's cool too to go go now to like some of the places where we've done Twin Peaks and San Fran a couple years now and like we're doing the same segment and you can see like oh two years ago Patty O'Leary no one still touched Patty's time from two years ago and you can sort of like that gets cool try and like keep make sure that we're not doing the same thing every year but like it is fun to revisit those like classic segments in the in the age of like Strava segment winning or you know in everyone's neighborhood they want to have their Strava these are like not neighborhoods these are like obviously very popular routes so. Cool. Well, any parting thoughts? What's the future of this look like? I'd be interested to hear from anyone, the, the three people listening to this on, you know, from the outside looking in, What? where do we go from here? Yeah. No, I think we'll definitely solicit feedback from all the competitors. And uh, I'm sure we will debate once again whether we want to do this. I'm sure we will. I'm sure we'll keep doing it in some capacity. I think the cities will continue to change. Like Charlotte this year, we, did, we decided to do Charlotte because... Brian Mister, who many of you, the loyal followers of this podcast will recognize from the first episode, he reached out and he was like, I want to bring this to Charlotte and I can get definitely get you guys, you know, we'll definitely get 30, 40, 50 people who want to do it. And we we're like, sweet. And he was sort of played that Marnie role too. And it definitely works. So I think we'll continue to do it in Charlotte. We'll definitely try it again next year. And I'm sure it'll be bigger and better. And But yeah, I think figuring out the cities and and the local partners, that's the first place we'll start. So again, if you're listening and you're interested in playing that role and being involved in some capacity, let us know. Shoot Dave or myself a note. Let us know about this format too. I actually think this was kind of fun. I think we'll stop it here, but uh, I think this was good. So appreciate appreciate anyone listening. Appreciate any Chase the Throne feedback. And hopefully we'll hear from you, from some of you out there. And hopefully we'll uh, see some of you in the bracket. 2025 the words out of my mouth yeah perfect perfect thank you all